Hello, thank you so much for joining the Tao of Miracles podcast. My name is Sarah, and we're going to talk about all things miracles today and every day, but not necessarily from a traditional sense that you're used to hearing about miracles um, in. So today we're going to talk about the things miracles are. We're going to talk about the five kinds of miracles, how to align to our miracle nature, um, which is hint, connecting with our higher self and in the the flow of our universal consciousness. So we get to see what miracles share about that and what they share about who and what we are because we don't even know. Miracles are the biggest, best-kept secret and um, they're not just for healing and saving lives, so they are fantastic at that colossal responsibility. They're also here to have the added purpose of shaking us out of our everyday existence. Um, sometimes it could be our deep, deep slumber. <laughs> and they may challenge everything we've been taught to believe through our lifetimes. Um, if a miracle dares to enter our world, we need to be ready for it because it is very likely we are going to encounter many things that don't fall into alignment with what we've been told about the reality that we live in. Um, our miracles will reveal possibilities and potential for our human experience. And by doing so, it's very likely we are going to change so many facets of our lives for the positive once we learn what our miracles have to show. So, um, yeah, let's dive in. How many of you listening have had a miracle or a trace of a miracle or a synchronicity what do those things tell you? Do you just look at a miracle and say, wow, that was amazing. How did that happen? And that's the end of the conversation. Usually that's the case. Usually that's what's happened to this world because um, I said in the first introductory podcast, religion has a very set um, belief systems set up about what miracles are and science completely ignores miracles for the most part. And yes, um, my belief, which we're going to be talking about, and I come from no one special, just someone who's had a whole lot of miracles in her life. And once I learned their secrets, they help you align to more miracles and definitely a lot more synchronicities. So what happens when a miracle shows up? Well, we're going to start looking at what goes on with our miracles behind the scenes, right? I'm going to go through a couple of my miracles in the next episode, so you can kind of just come along with me for the ride and understand where some of these questions and ideas about miracles came from. But basically, miracles are when... Seemingly, and you know, a very simple definition because it's very complex. We don't have good words to describe this consciousness, what our substrate of existence is. And miracles will help us point to that. Um, but it's still, what, what do you call it? Um, we have some very broad terms, right? We can say that miracles are the interjection or intervention of the metaphysical, or maybe it's a meeting of the metaphysical into our materialistic world. Um, my miracles have definitely done that. They've 
come from a place of immense intelligence, foresight, knowledge, um, power to move people and situations into action. Definitely crazy multitasking abilities. And where does this come from? How, how does this happen for 8 billion people on this planet? Um, we've all been taught, depending upon our religious and our societal beliefs, that miracles are something, a gift, mostly a gift from the realm of the divine. Call that what you may, whether it's God, spirit, higher self. Um, we have many, many cultures and many ways to describe that divine nature that we are. So when our miracles happen, they're kind of an intersection from, yes, we understand this word as something in the Bible as well, all-knowing. It's like an all-knowing, omniscient consciousness that interacts with us in the precise way we need, with the exact details and the perfect timing. And I have seen this happen over and over and over again in my life. But how does that happen? Um, you know, we talk about... If you're a Christian, let's just start with Christian, because I was raised Catholic, Christian that way. We hear about, we were born in the image and likeness of God. Great. What does that mean? Well, we know that we are an echo, an avatar of this divine conscious nature that we are made from. And, and I really believe that we got lost somewhere along the line, assigning human traits to God, Right. Um, instead of looking at the potential of everything this world is and everything that we don't even understand about it yet, which there's got to be so much. I think we're just really scratching the surface. We've, we've turned it around. So we've been limited, right? We, we give God human traits. We make him a male. We make it a he. And he's like our father, God the father. And if we didn't do that, if we didn't, take our limited knowledge and apply that to the divine. What really is the divine? How big is the divine? It's limitless. It's endless, isn't it? Um, if, if we look at the expanse of our universe, which is probably a small fractal of what's the huge, everything in existence, how do we define our divine conscious nature? How do we define how miracles happen? Because this is all connected. So what is that intelligent force of our conscious nature that saves our lives and heals our bodies and gives us the things we need in this world? And that's the kind of what our miracles start to show us. In addition to that, when we're in the flow, and this is another thing my miracles have shown over and again, when we're in the flow, when we're not in fear, when we're not in resistance, when we're not in demanding, I know what has to happen, when we're willing to surrender our mind, our ego, our mental and societal constructs that we've been told, what's after that? What's at the edge of that? Isn't that potential for complete something new and fresh and bigger than we have ever lived by? We live in our, and I, I call them these little boundary horizons and these little boxes that we choose to live in um, because we've been told so many things about our world and we've been told, here's the things to believe. Here's the things you shouldn't talk about. Here's the things that um, science can explain. 
here's the borderline crossing over into the medical metaphysical. Don't talk about those because they're they're not normal. They're weird. People who do that stuff, they're just weird, right? How, how many of us have heard that from family, friends, and relatives? <laughs> but when we understand the complete spectrum of the materialist, the metaphysical, the vibratory element of quantum physics, wave potential, um, electrons and particles and atoms constantly moving, not being in a single place at a single time, but it's more like a singularity. Um, we, we start to remove the little boxes that we choose to live in. And, and it's no fault to our own. These are the things we've been told how to do. This is what's safe. This is what will keep you safe. Um, and we've, we've gone on learning these things since we were a young child, children. So miracles kind of, when you're watching miracles and you're going to look at them, they're going to pull all this stuff apart. It's going to make you question all of these things. At least that's exactly what it did for me. So let's just talk about the delivery of a miracle. Okay. Um, I had a healing miracle when I was in India. It was at um, an ashram where there was a program that I was staying for at a month, and it was to deepen into my spiritual practice. And there was a lot of meditation and yoga and um, darshan and, and energy blessings and all sorts of beautiful things where I could really just go deep into the self. But <laughs> what I didn't know is that on campus of this amazing place where all this magic and miracles of their own accord happens, um, they spray for DDT in South India. And my body is incredibly sensitive to so many things. And that happened to be one of them. So I didn't realize, we, we came home from, we, we were out in this, in, I want to say enchanted forest, but it wasn't enchanted. It's a forest over in the mountains where a lot of self-realized beings and yogis had been for hundreds of thousands of years, supposedly. And we came back and we're sitting in the dining hall having dinner and the people are walking around with, with these fathers on their back and not in a million years did I think it was DDT. And what happened was that my body was overcome before I even realized what was going on and I got very lightheaded and couldn't really function at all. And um, a wonderful nurse from New Zealand helped drag me back to the dorms, made me wash my hair. Like I couldn't even move. I couldn't think. I couldn't figure out what to do. And this isn't the first time I've had chemical sensitivities. So I know that this whole process with my body um, to get rid of these things, it'll take a week or two weeks or a few days at least, depending upon what it was, how it happened. So I'm not going to get into the whole bit. But the next morning, I wake up, and I'm surprised I woke up. I was struggling that bad. And I somehow, I was afraid to be in the room alone because if I, I, when I went to sleep, I wasn't sure I was going to wake up and I knew that people would be leaving the dorms for the day, probably not coming back till later in the day. So I did everything I could to get myself up and downstairs to the meditation room and I was crawling. I was hanging onto the walls. I couldn't see or think or function slumped into a chair, couldn't get up for blessings, couldn't stand for yoga, obviously not that, couldn't even stand. 
And I was just slumped in my chair, just trying to breathe in a complete chemical haze. And as one of the monks who was doing the morning um, RT and darshan, uh, well, RT, uh, which is basically greeting the divine every morning before you go into meditation and um, saying some blessings. He walks by, he's kind of glaring at me because <laughs> I'm not following everything in the room. I'm not doing anything. Um, there's probably 30 or 40 of us max and I'm maybe less at that point in this room and he's glaring at me. And so I seated by the door in case I had to leave and said, Hey, um, this thing happened to me. Can you ask them not to spray DDT around the dining hall anymore? And, um, can you help me find the doctor? Um, this is what happened to me. And he said, I'll pray for you. And he left the room. And I'll pray for you is kind of their standard answer at this particular place, even though they don't talk about prayer in the traditional sense whatsoever. I'll pray for you is a standard answer from the monks because a lot of people ask them for help. And so the second the door closes, all of a sudden I feel this incredible tugging on my skin, every, all over my body. It's like this very light, gentle tugging going straight up into the air. And I'm like, what is going on? That's so bizarre. And um, it was like a giant vacuum cleaner. This is, this is, of course, this isn't what happened, but this is what it felt like. It felt like a giant vacuum cleaner sucked every bit of chemical toxicity out of every cell in my body. And within three minutes, I was perfectly fine. And my mind was blown. And when I told the monk later, he was just as surprised. And of course, everyone who saw what happened to me, because I wasn't alone, um, they couldn't believe it either, because it was like night and day within three minutes. Um, and when the doctor finally came by at lunch to the, to the dining hall, I didn't need him. I was completely cured. And, and my body has gone through, like I said, stuff multiple times over and over again. It, nothing like this has ever, ever happened. It usually takes days to weeks to detox from something that I got such a heavy dose of. So, you know, okay, I'm no stranger to miracles at this point in my life when this happens. But we start to pull the miracles apart, right? Okay, what just happened? I asked for help. It was immediately delivered, instantly. Not only did the miracle know how to work with my body, it knew what to do. Um, it knew how to do something that was supposed to be physically impossible. It felt a little to me like Reiki. Has anyone, everyone, anyone <laughs> experienced Reiki? I've, I'm an energy worker. I've done um, Reiki master training, all of that stuff. The energy pulling on my body felt a little like Reiki to me. Okay, so the universe is using something that feels natural, normal to me, because I've experienced things in that realm, and it's not jarring on the body, so how did that happen? Um, all I had to do was ask for help through someone else. It didn't come before I asked for help. It came right after I asked for help. Okay, there's a conversation happening there. I made a conversation, I made a um, request to the universe because I knew I couldn't handle this on my own. 
And I was not in any way anticipating anything at all would happen for a miracle, right? I was in complete surrender because my mind was barely working. My body was barely working. I couldn't do anything. I could barely think. Um, and the universe just provided. So what is that? How, how is that possible? How can that happen? Who's listening? Is that God? If that's God, how does God do that for 8 billion people? Maybe it is. But maybe we need to redefine how we work with God or what we think about that or so many things. Because if, if things, something so simple can happen to me, it can happen to 8 billion people. Why not? So as we pull apart miracles, that, that, that's what, you know, I go back and I try and figure out, try and ask those questions that we don't usually ask. Okay, if that happened once, is it repeatable? Can it happen a second time? It's the universe, the consciousness uh, that is this universe, did that for me, can I do it myself? If that is a mechanism that works, clearly it worked very quickly, very efficiently, how do we bring that into our materialistic third-dimensional realm? Yes, it was something of the metaphysical, but we are metaphysical beings. We exist on multiple planes, multiple dimensions all at once, and this isn't conjecture, this is quantum physics. We just don't know what those other things are yet. <laughs> there, we, know, we understand vibrational bands and frequency. We know that our senses operate within a very, very tiny percentage of the entire spectrum of um, like light and sound. Our senses only pick up a very small um, fraction of the electro electromagnetic spectrum. What's in the other vibrational experiences? That our senses can't pick up. Do we operate on other realms, on other, well, not realms or dimensions, but in other mannerisms? We do, right? You get hairs on your body standing on end when you sense something is wrong. We have a gut feeling, we know something's going to happen and we're right about it. We know someone's going to call and they call. We do operate on other um, functioning, other, other more mysterious just because we haven't defined them, senses and knowings, we just haven't defined them. I mean, psychics, mediums, channelers, they are in different frequencies all day long. And how are we not that? How, how are we not all able to do that if they can do it? We can. We just don't believe we can or we haven't been trained how to do it or we haven't figured out how to do it our miracles start to show us all of that. So when you start following your miracles and you start following the trail of miracles, and you start asking these questions, I think some things we don't, a lot of things we don't know, but more will get revealed. Definitely more miracles will keep happening to show you another piece of the picture. Yeah, so how do we align to a miracle nature? Well, the first clue we've already talked about is we get out of our tiny little boxes, our self-imposed little ideas that we've we feel safe with that we've been told to live by if we look at the people who have all the crazy stories about what goes on in their lives they're usually the ones that have these big boundaries right these big boundary horizons they're not living tight and small and in fear they're adventurous they see something new and i want to learn that 
or I'm going to do that thing. That's a challenge. I want to challenge myself to go deeper. I want to broaden my horizons. Those people always have the most fantastic stories and the most fantastic lives because they are operating in a bigger space than so many of us are. I had a friend who unfortunately has passed. His name was Gareth. Um, Gareth Pendragon, and that was his real name. That's quite a name, right? And Gareth was this amazing psychic. He worked with Coast Guards to find missing people. He worked with police departments um, also on cold cases and to find missing people and to find suspects and things like that. Although the Coast Guards were pretty forthcoming about it. The police department didn't want to talk about them working with the psychic, right? Um, he had letters. He had a whole huge binder of all these letters of recommendation from people that he had helped. And I got to know Gareth and he talked about things in his reality that were just way outside of mine. He talked about the dragons in the mountains of New Mexico and he talked about the mermaids um, outside in the waters of Hawaii and a mermaid had saved his life when he was drowning at one point. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I don't think those things are real. Maybe millions of years ago on other planets, I have no idea, but are those things real? But to Gareth, they were. And of course, he had such huge boundaries and of anything goes. He wasn't limited, right? He wasn't limited. And therefore, he was this incredible psychic because he was operating and functioning in a far broader spectrum than any of us are. Well, not any of us, but so many of us are. So when we think about what is our conscious nature, what do miracles show us, we disregard, oh, that's not possible. Oh, that couldn't happen, but somehow it did. Oh, that's not real. Oh, that's just spirituality. That's not real. It's not um, tangible. It's not something I can chew on. Is it? Is it not? Don't you think we can go further ourselves instead of denying things, maybe explore them a little more? So those are the kind of things that miracles do. They completely unhinge us. <laughs> they definitely unravel us, um, meaning our beliefs and what we are, are. You know, we all have those lines we draw in the sand of what's possible what's potential and no way not that and miracles will completely disrupt those so best be ready for your miracles um my miracles were absolutely the wild and reckless disruptors of any cultivated normal normalcy at all i already questioned so many of the things i was told because i was a kid living in a world where things were happening that people were saying was impossible so miracles will take us out of our everyday existence into moments of timelessness. Think about dancing with something otherworldly. And once you encounter that, it makes it completely impossible to return wholly to our rote, mundane, boring world of form, our everyday world of form. Um, the most incredible thing about our miracles is that they poke and prod us to go deeper. They don't want us to return to our prosaic existence anyway. Like a loving new partner, they reveal themselves to you and you entangle closer. Life is never the same again. 
And we learn that miracles will take care of us at all costs. Look at that, my healing miracle. I was struggling. I just asked for help. I asked for the doctor. I asked for something. And I got this fantastic miracle that I got to pull apart, try and understand more about healing, about how the body can work, about how our bodies can work within the magnificent conscious nature that we are. I'm not saying I have too, too many answers, but there are definitely my boundaries have been completely opened by miracles, which allows the playing field for miracles to be even bigger as they enter our lives. Think about it. If we were just telling anyone, <laughs> but especially our miracles, within consciousness, anything's possible. If we're just telling our miracles, no, uh-uh, um, I will only accept it if you show up in this one way and it has to be on this day of the week and it has to be when I'm not too tired because I won't notice you if you're too, if I'm too tired and it can't be a weekend on this, you know, so, and it has to be in the morning because I can't do it at night. I'm too focused on other things. I have to babysit, right? Um, so we've basically <clears throat> taken the potential, potential of everything and we've put it into the head of a needle, that tiny little thread that goes in the needle. Instead of this massive, broad consciousness that we have potential to play with, we said, no, you have to show up this one little tiny way that's equivalent to the head of a pin or head of a needle. And that's the only way you can deliver yourself to me. Oh my gosh, how limiting we are. We do that to people. <laughs> we do that to ourselves. And we're going to do that to miracles, too. Um, and once we stop doing that, a lot more response from our consciousness shows up in the way of miracles. So uh, let's talk about the five kinds of miracles. We just kind of talked about a healing miracle. The life-saving miracles we're all familiar with, um, they definitely show us potential. They show us the expanse of what's possible there to help us. Always. And then, then you start to see that our conscious nature seems to have abundance, seems to have wanting to help. It wants to drive us to our highest self, a better solution than we can give ourselves. So they're there to take care of us. And I completely believe that after this 30-year dance of miracles. So we know about those two kinds of miracles, but what are these others? What are these other three kinds of miracles this lady is talking about? Okay, well... We all know about, most of us, <laughs> all know about the law of attraction. I have had crazy manifestations where I didn't follow anything that the law of attraction told, except for writing it down a very, very specific list of the things I wanted to manifest. Did I manifest them? Yes, I did. But I wasn't following the law of attraction. But when you're in the flow of this universal consciousness, the universe will help provide the things that, not that you want, but the things that you need. And sometimes it can be the things that you want if it's aligned with the things that you need. So we're going to talk about the manifestation miracles. And they are really show us how to work with this substrate that we are, right? We need our will. And then we need to surrender. So we need our intent. I want to steer my life this way. And then if it's the right way, the force of the universe will get behind us and push us forward. If not, 
nope, you're going to keep struggling because you're banging your head against the wall because we're not aligned to the right um, low. And that's why we're going to talk about the Tao. So we'll get into examples about all of these. I mean, there's so many things to unpack with miracles that we're going to have a lot of conversations about it. Um, but so with manifestation miracles, because they're just like the law of attraction, except you're not doing the heart brain coherence, you're doing none of that. You're just in the flow of the universal Tao. Then there are the little tiny abundance miracles. And I include synchronicities in these kinds of miracles because they just deliver what you need, when you need it. Um, sometimes in advance, sometimes you think about something and then it appears, um, you need that parking spot, and there it is. That happens so many times when you're in the flow. It's incredible and crazy how that's such a thing. I've mean, heard other people talk about that, too. Um, I barely think I need this thing, and there it is for free or very inexpensive or just showing up. I mean, there were some crazy times. Like I'm just going to give you a very um, a couple of short examples, like, I had gotten a new job and it, they weren't paying me the salary I'd requested, but I was told, oh, we'll make it up for you in um, for year-end bonuses, things like that. Well, I didn't know that wasn't going to be true. It was not the truth at all. So they kind of um, didn't necessarily give me the whole picture. So I expected that I was getting this bonus and I desperately needed a new car. Um, and so I had a certain amount of money that I anticipated I would be receiving. And the universe knew that that wasn't going to happen. I didn't know it. I was expecting it. The universe knew. And um, an ex-boyfriend of mine had, at the same time I'm waiting for this Christmas bonus or thinking about it, planning to buy this car, for the same amount of money that I thought I was going to get, my ex-boyfriend sold an old RV I had sitting on his property for the same amount of money. And that was just this massive, like, universal why. It had been sitting there for so long. Why that, why that amount? Why at that particular timing? Why was it when I needed a car and I was relying on some other money that wasn't going to show up? Right? Those are the little things. Um, another one is that my, I wanted a bird feeder. And my boyfriend kept saying he was going to buy one, and he never did. And a couple months went on, and I was like, I'm just going to go buy a bird feeder. And I was on uh, Marketplace or Craigslist or something. I don't know. It was a while back. Um, free cycle. And I was picking up some clay pots for the garden. And I get a text from the person I'm picking up the pots from. And he said, hey, do you want, I have a couple of bird feeders. Do you want some bird feeders too? Yes, of course. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was just going to get bird feeders. Um then at the same time, there was a whole bunch of things with my garden that year. At the same time, I'd ordered these bamboo steaks from Amazon, and I didn't realize I had enough. I didn't need them. And Amazon, for some reason, canceled the order. I didn't even, I'd forgotten, right? I didn't even think to cancel the order. I didn't need them anymore. And then the order was just automatically canceled. So the little things just get taken care of. Those are the abundance, the little, I call them the little abundance miracles. And they're just always there showing you that you're you're in a two-way conversation with our conscious nature, that there's a need, there's a desire, and you're going, it's just going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to happen because, because that's how our uh, 
what we are really works with us. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about more tenets of that soon. And then we're going to talk about the guiding and steering miracles. These are the hard guys. These are the ones that well, we think they're teaching us lessons in life, but that's not really it. We're not in the flow. We're not, we're hanging on to fear or we're hanging on to power or ego or mind or whatever it is. We're not loving ourselves enough, whatever it is. These guys come in and will shake us out of that, right? They teach us about surrender. They have interfered in my life so many times <laughs> and in ways that were repeating, obviously repeating scenarios. And I'll talk about some of these later too. Um, that you just know, like, really, you're going to do that again? Really? Okay, I better surrender now, or it's just going to get worse from here. Um, and that happened. Um, and that happened at a very critical time. I'll just talk about one of the big ones, because there was one time the universe was trying to deliver four different things at once through this giant guiding. It started with a giant guiding and steering miracle. It turned out involved in it was the manifestation of my perfect, my, my perfect partner. That's what I called the list I made. So it was manifestation miracle. There was, I was asked to work on wealth consciousness before I went to India. So there was a delivery of that miracle. There were a couple others, but the biggest thing that was going on was that COVID was going to happen. So this happened in 2000 pre COVID. It happened in 2017 or 2018. I was living out west in Sedona and Santa Fe, New Mexico, in the United States. Just like decades earlier, all of these jobs that I kept getting, all this work that I was doing kept falling out from underneath me. I'd get another job and they'd be like, great, great, you're hired. Oh, yeah, we're not going to have this job after all. Like that kind of thing. Over and again. Like, oh, here we go again. That happened to me 20 years earlier when I tried to move to Vancouver, Canada. I was living in Seattle and the same thing happened. It sent me back to Austin, Texas. Um, so I saw it and I was not ready to leave. There were multiple reasons why I was there and I was staying, but I saw it was happening and I'm like, Oh gosh, here we go. And it turns out that the guiding and steering miracles, I thought they were doing all sorts of things, but what they were doing was putting me in a place where I would be safe, taken care of and working and able to help others during the COVID pandemic. So I needed to be secure. Um, if I had stayed where I was, those were tourist towns that I was living in. Everything shut down. The kinds of jobs I was doing shut down. Um, the little businesses I had started would have been shut down. I wouldn't have survived it. I don't know what would have happened to me. I might have been living in my car or living on a friend's floor or who knows. I don't know. But I would have been stuck out there with no money, no work, um, and it would have been a really difficult time. So the universe gave me a massive guiding and steering miracle, along with, in the, in the process, abundance miracles and manifestation miracles and working on my spiritual practice and all sorts of things, as it tossed me across the country to the East Coast so I could have a job, uh, work, not worry about a whole lot of things, and I would be there to help take care of my mother and my stepfather, who would eventually pass um, another year after COVID and get them situated and take care of them during the COVID pandemic. So the guiding and steering miracles are 
really hard to see as they're happening to us because they don't look like miracles. But the outcomes are, when you step back and you're in hindsight looking at these things, wow, it did all of these things. It kept me going. Every time I thought I'd run out of money, it gave me just the right amount of money I needed to get to the next step and then the next and the next. And then it gave me another opportunity to move to a different part of town. And then that job fell away. And it was only there to get me to this different part of town and relocate. And the guiding and steering miracles work on us when we're in motion. And they will try and put us in motion if we need to be in motion. Um, if we're not and we're stuck, they're going to make life really, really hard until you do start to move. Uh, forward and, and I'm not going to say they're going to make but it's like the pressure's on and it builds they don't give you disasters and catastrophes we do by not surrendering by being in our inflexible uh, ways so those are the five kinds of miracles I think we talked a little bit about how to unpack a miracle and we're getting up here in time so I think the last thing that I'm going to say about miracles today is that after 30 years of a dance with miracles, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not, they definitely work more when I'm in, show up more when I'm in motion. If I'm sitting around stuck, not trying to change anything about my life or content, not striving for something more or to be better or to be my, and I don't mean better of the ego, I mean better in my sole purpose and to be, a, you know, go through that personal change and spiritual practice that brings us into being more of who we're supposed to be, um, who we were born to be, uh, beyond the ego, beyond the things that keep us trapped. So the last thing I'm going to say about miracles is that they're they're not here for your demands. Um, my miracles have definitely seemed to disappear when I felt I needed them the most. When I'm demanding miracles to show up, it doesn't work. You cannot force them to happen. However, we can learn to open ourselves up to have maximum miracle input and interactions, <clears throat> to live more wholly in line and integrated to all the resources we have available to us. And um, I'm going to just say that my miracles have been like a gumball machine. Do you remember those old-fashioned gumball machines? I do. They were around in my childhood. Um, I don't know if they're sanitarily safe these days, so they might not have them anymore. But basically, you put your quarter in or your nickel or your dime, and there's always that big, beautiful, shiny plastic gold ring that we want. But you really get that. <laughs> um that's like the the big house in the Maserati. It's, uh, it's nice to have, but you don't absolutely need it. And miracles are not here to give you that. Um, but they will give us, you just never know what you're going to get. That's the thing. They're going to give us something way better than we think we're ever going to do on our own. It's going to give us something like, a maybe it's the gumball. Maybe it's a much more fun piece of candy in new shapes and new forms or new tastes. Um, and no matter how many, how much money I put in that damn machine, I'm not going to get my shiny plastic toy. 
<laughs> miracles are here to help us, not to spoil us. Miracles are not here to um, provide the flaw. They're purposeful. They're purposeful. They're here to take us to our soul level experience and evolve from that place. So I'm going to leave today's episode on that note. I thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying a new perspective on miracles and there's going to be a lot more miracles unpacking to come. All right. This is Sarah signing out for the Dow of Miracles podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share. Thank you so much. Take care.